this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If you are a person that is tired of apologizing for being you, you know, the human part of you that sometimes feels like it has to be different at home versus work versus play, the human side that just wants to be hot, humble, open, and transparent about your wants, desires, and uniqueness. If you answered yes, this is for you. Join me, Emily Elrod, as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Unapologetically Bold I'm Not Sorry For. And I am so blessed today to have a good friend with me, Gretchen. Welcome, Gretchen. Hey, Emily. Thanks for having me. This is going to be an amazing conversation as you're such a, a dynamic and awesome lady that just, <laughs> I, I just love always having a conversation with you and just the wisdom that you just spew out and just the stories. <laughs> I'm just blessed to have you on. So thank you <laughs> so again. So for the people that do not know who you are, Gretchen, if you could just give us a quick introduction to who's Gretchen Scott. <laughs> Thanks, Emily, so much. That was a very sweet welcome. I love the intro. I forgot about your hot acronym. I actually have <laughs> shared that so many times. I love that. Um, my name is Gretchen Schott, and I own a company called Leading Well. Uh, you can find that at www.gretchenschott.com. Um, I'm an executive coach, and I'm a speaker. I also work for a wonderful organization called True You, where I'm the vice president of learning and development. Um, and that's an organization where we believe great companies make their people better. And um, everything I do is focused on loving well and leading people well so they can be their best self. So I, I don't know if that's, is that enough an intro? I don't know. People want to learn more. You can stalk me on LinkedIn, but you, know, <laughs> you can talk about other stuff. I love it. No, that's perfect. And I think that actually flows amazingly into what you're not sorry for. So Gretchen, the question of the day is what are you no longer apologizing for? Yeah, I'm not sorry for loving well. Right? I, I really truly believe that when we are loving well, we are leading well, which is how I started the name of my company, which is the whole purpose of my own company. But um, I just have found that, you know, people over the years have told me that uh, I that I love them really well and that I when they're with me, that they feel very loved. And I used to be kind of like, oh, that feels really soft and oh, that's kind of silly. But I am just leaned into that because, you know, when, when I am loving well, I... I feel better. I know that I'm serving others and it just gives me so much back. And so I'm not sorry for saying that I love well. So, And I think it's so important too that I even had this conversation the other day um, in the safety space with an amazing person, Jason. Um, he is one of my favorite humans on this earth. And we were just talking about how we can bring love into the safety realm because it's mm -hmm. been in the HR. It's been talked about a little bit yeah. in the HR, but it, it's it's slowly going to this new one and it's more of a whole oh, uh, stop at the point. But what I, I went from is physiologically love is in our, our body. Like it's secreted through what I call the loving grandmother oxytocin. Mm -hmm. So how have you been able to talk with people and bring love into organizations with them not being like, oh, this is soft and fluffy. Like we can't touch this 
Yeah. I, so I, I think it shows up in lots of different ways, right? So loving people well is, is being supportive and being that, that cheerleader. And um, I'm so proud of you. And I, you know, I'm recognizing you. And so, you know, developing programs and things like that, that require folks to um, demonstrate that they recognize accomplishments and support for others. That, that's kind of like table stakes, easy. But I, I think the harder piece is loving people well um, through conflict through struggle through suffering right because we're not meant to live in this life and have everything be like wonderful and roses right like the the lord made us to have this life right and mm -hmm. that life does require suffering it's through that suffering that we grow closer to him and so not that he wants our entire life to be about suffering but um it's in those moments of suffering and that brokenness that i feel like is where that that kind of that transformation happens. And I think that that's kind of like that secret sauce that I that I really love to to lean into with individuals um, or even with teams. You know, you see teams that haven't been thriving or haven't been working successively together and they have that like breakthrough of like, oh, when you do this and I do this, that pisses you off and that makes me mad and that makes it hard for me to like you, let alone love you. But you know what? I respect you and I see goodness in you and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean into uh, attracting that which I want in my life, right? So. so it makes me wonder, what's your definition of love? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I've never thought about that. Um, gosh, there, I've read, I feel like I've read so many books about love. I remember like back in college, I read uh, Leo Biscalia's book about love. Um, I, you know, I think I would probably say that love for me is, um, well, I, I would go back to probably Corinthians 1, 16, 14. 1 Corinthians 16, 14, do everything in love. Mm -hmm. And so for me, you know, being love is, is, is being our whole, our whole heart, our whole self, um, loving ourselves enough so that we can also love others. Right. Mm -hmm. It's probably a bad definition using the word love while you're describing it, but. <laughs> no, but it's, it's so true. We say for ours, love is to be patient, kind, honest, understanding, and not boasting of ill will. Um, and the power in that aspect is that we can be honest. Like sometimes people think, what I found is that they think love is just like this emotional response, but I, I want to argue that it's an action mm -hmm. and I, and I don't know who doesn't want to be, well, <laughs> scratch that being patient's hard, but who doesn't want to have patient given back to yeah. people to have what that grace and that, that kindness to be given back to them, you know? And so it's that walk of understanding our actions and how they can make us, trust each other better or work with mm -hmm. each other better. Yeah. And I guess that's something else I'd love to talk about with you is in the work that you do. Um, we also say that love can sometimes be seen as trust. And mm -hmm. they're actually the same thing. in, in my opinion, like it has yeah. some, um, some of the safety side, the psychological safety that can come into it. But from your experience and the people that you've worked with, what are some things, maybe an example that you can think of, where love boosted the trust or just boosted mm. them from like, from just surviving to actually thriving. Yeah. Well, I, I agree that there has to be a level of trust um, in order for folks not only to give, but also receive love. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think that it, when, you know, when I think about leaders that I've worked with and where love has and transformed or maybe enhanced our relationship. 
has been through conflicts, has been through struggle and challenge, right? Like mm-hmm. um, you, you, work, you can work on projects and, and you can get really, really wedded to your own ideas. But, you know, I have someone that I work with today who constantly challenges me. Um, and like it, we have a wonderful friendship and a wonderful relationship too. But like, it's like if we get into it, like everyone else is like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, mom and dad are fighting. Right, like, uh, um, and we have blown up in front of people on the team um, and gotten angry with one another. Uh, but more importantly, uh, when we've come back, whether it be like I've I've lost my cool, and when I get mad, like non-verbally, unfortunately, you know what I'm thinking. And that's like the gift of me. Like how I show up, you see it all the time. So that's why I never probably had a great career in acting. Cause like, I just can't pretend like I, this is me. So if I'm mad, you're going to know it. I'm probably going to get red, you know, and I'm gonna stutter. And my children always say, I get the gritty mom voice. You know, when I get really mad, I grip my teeth. Um, and so I've had those kind of like exchanges with this, this woman that I work with in front, you know, in front of others. But m- more importantly, I think, where love leaned into that is, you know, taking a step back. And um, I, I remember this one time we had this argument and I knew that I, w- I was wrong and I was really angry with the decision that she had made because she hadn't asked me about it. She just kind of went and took it upon herself to make a decision. And, I, and it wasn't a decision I wanted, it went in another direction. And I went to lunch, I came back and I brought her a lavender plant because I love lavender and I know she's a gardener, right? And I made sure that when I gave it to her, like everyone then knew because well, like the music, everyone was like, oh my God. So right now. I don't think I was able to work the rest of the day. And Gretchen just left. I went to lunch, right? Um, and I apologized to her in front of everyone. I was like, I'm sorry, I lost my cool. I respect you. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you did. And you know, this is just you know, my, my not my olive branch, but my lavender branch, because I know you garden and I love you, right? And and that kind of acceptance and seeing that and how we could be in conflict with one another, but then also um be okay afterwards, I think is, is really where that transformation happens. See, that's so. so amazing. It actually, for me, what it brings back is I was reading a book. I cannot think of what it was, but it was talking about conflict and that actually some of the greatest inventors and they had that conflict. They had those people that you can go at each other, but mm-hmm. still there was that basis of love. And I think it was the Wright brothers is what they talked about is before they, oh. um, they created, um, the plane and all their stuff that um, it was, they had this massive blow up, but that's what they did. Their, their dad taught them how to argue. To do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's so, and I'm going to tell you, that is probably one of the biggest things I see in work right now. That's really frustrating me. And I, I wrote a post on this too, or it's in my draft box. It's going to go out later. Um, <laughs> <Must they> be coming. <laughs> yes. Um, And it was all around how I feel like we're getting to with these feel good messages. Like Mm -hmm. we just want to make people feel good that we don't teach them ways to go through the conflict. We don't teach them how to have these conversations. And what we're having right now, what I'm seeing in some of the work that I'm doing is some of this entitlement that's coming back with people coming back to work that, oh, we get all this stuff. And we keep getting stuff. And this one amazing CEO has given them the world and they're asking for more. More. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, okay, at some point you got, they're pushed, you're, you're being, you're getting pushed over. You're not getting, so love is to be honest, in my opinion. So talk about that. Like, how can we teach people or what are some things that you may, uh, that you teach on 
conflict resolution, uh, loving through conflict. What are some yeah. of those things? I like to think of it as um, how do we serve others, right? That, that's that's where it is. I think that the the heart of that because when we start um, when we start feeling entitled, and it, I guess people who are entitled probably don't know that they're entitled, right? But when when we start feeling like um, I'm not enough, or I'm feeling like mm -hmm. I'm not getting enough, or um, that's not good enough, right? And as we we can get that whole world can get mucked up in us, right? Especially if you start looking at like social media and and it looks like everyone's all wonderful. Everyone's going on spring break. Everyone's going places. Everyone's doing things and I'm not. And to really get out of that, I always coach folks like in that moment, then pause and figure out what is a way in which you can serve someone else? Because when we're serving others, it brings us back to center, it brings us back to the core of who we are. What are our values? What are our beliefs? What are our mm -hmm. actions and decisions as a result of that? And because of that, that influences our impact on the world, right? And that, that's what's uh, truly disruptive. Um, the, the conflict allows us to, to get disruptive, right? But when we think about how are how are we able to serve others and serving others doesn't have to be this grand thing like we go and you know give 2000 meals to people and we've fed people like that's certainly important don't get me wrong but serving others can be very simply just picking up the phone not a text picking up mm -hmm. the phone and getting in relationship with someone saying i haven't talked to you in a while how are you right sending a letter writing a letter and mailing it who does not like mail I mean, seriously, like I still get excited to go out to my mailbox, right? Getting a letter from someone just saying, I was thinking of you today, or, you know, I was, I was thinking about myself and I really learned this from you. And I hope to be more like mm -hmm. this. Those small acts of serving are things that allow us to get out of being self-focused oh, yeah. and allow us to serving others. Right. And I think that that's, that's, I think conflict starts because we start getting, we, and we need to be self inward. We need to be thinking about ourselves. We need to be um, inward focused so that we can know ourselves because we don't know ourselves and we can't know others. Right. But when we start getting obsessed and like in the muck and all the head trash mm. about what we don't have. Right. Uh, then, th then we need, we need to just turn that around and we need to start thinking about how we serve others. And if you're not in a place where you can do that, where you're just so sad and trust me over the last year, even in the last couple of weeks, I have been stuck in some of that myself. I've got my mm -hmm. daughters getting ready to graduate high school, go off to college and it's a very emotional time for me. And there have been some days where I've been very blue. Um, and that's when you then need community, right? You need to lean mm. into others. So when you can't get there yourself, you need to put yourself in community with other people, other people that lift you up, other people that are sunny, other people that are, that are at least on the outside, look like they're doing well. Um, mm. And then get into those conversations. Cause I, I think we learn more from one another's struggle than we do from one another's success. I love ce celebrating. I love having everyone be successful. Um, but it's aspirational for me to hear about people's success. It's motivating for me to hear about people's success. But what I really grow from and what I get the most from is by learning people's failures and their struggles and recognizing that I'm not alone, right? Because that's what the mm -hmm. devil wants. The devil wants us to believe we're alone, right? If, if we're alone, then we got nobody but all the bad stuff. So, yeah. And it's so important too, that it's not just loving, but it's loving well. And your well-being mm -hmm. really plays a huge part in that part yeah. in this and in your self-awareness too, which not everybody has. Uh, like it doesn't like I love my husband, but he is not the most self-aware human being there is. <laughs> and so it's like cultivating that and, yeah. and doing exercises and understanding that it is like anything else. You can learn it. You can grow mm -hmm. it and how much it can impact you and just seeing my husband like 
with the things that he's learning and growing in. Um, yeah. And as simple as just naming your emotions, you know, or mm-hmm. seeing whenever your ego's intact and whenever you feel inferior or superior, whenever yeah. something comes at you. So what is something that you would suggest for people to learn how to not just love, but love well, that well-being well, well, yeah. aspect? So I, I like to think about ourselves in, in like the whole person perspective. And so when we talk about this, I think people oftentimes and um, we have to physically, like, how are you feeling physically, right? If you're not physically healthy, if you're not physically strong, you're not, if you're not physically comfortable with where you are, it's really hard for you to get to anything else. Right. Um, so, you know, and then, phys- and then if you're physically like, okay, I've, I, I don't like this, but I can work on that, right? Then maybe, you know, where are you at spiritually? Like, do you have other community? Do you have a belief in something greater than you? Um, financially, like, are you financially well? Are you um, making steps to, to have a life where you can feel like you can give more to others? Are you are you mm-hmm. making the money that you want? Um, so all of those things kind of feed in, but it, I think it really kind of starts at the, people usually present with like, oh, I don't love the way I look or, oh, I could lose a few more pounds, right? And then they get kind of like stuck in like the, the physicality of all of that, of how they look. And if I don't look good, then I don't feel good. And there's certainly a, a piece to that. But it goes deeper. And, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is the, you know, the model, right? Like people mm-hmm. get stuck, I believe, in that love and belongingness tier, right? So there's like the, phys- you know, physical safety, love and belonging. If you are not in relationship with others, then you're not going to be able to lead well, because who are you leading except for yourself? And you can talk to yourself for only so long. You can listen to your own garbage for only so long. We need to be, we are meant to be in community with other people. We are meant to serve others. Um, and so, you know, as we think about, you know, that, that hierarchy of getting to actually being self-actualized, I, I think it's a, a constant focus on that desire to be our best self. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I think that, you know, you, you can do that in a number of ways. And I think that sometimes folks get stuck because then they take, they can't take on too much. Right. I'm going to, mm-hmm you know, I'm going to meet more people. I'm going to exercise four times a week. I'm going to make this much money. And then I'm going to be like, have the best career. And it's like, all of those are fantastic. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, let's dial that down. Let's like maybe get to one realistic kind of goal um, and work on that and work on, on on cultivating that. I, I, for me, I don't know about you, Emily, but I always choose a word of the year. Mm -hmm. When I choose a word of the year, then I also choose a scripture that goes with it. Um, and the, my word for this year is gratitude. And I've been trying to keep a daily gratitude journal to just be more mindful, mm-hmm. right? And I chose that word because I felt like I was getting very self-focused. Um, and I, I spent a year focused on humility. And that was hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like how many times a day do you realize you're not humble, right? Uh-huh. Um, and through that wonderful year of thinking about that, I, I decided I need to focus more on gratitude. And so I, I think that that's also really important. I think journals are really important keeping track but not to the point of like checklists you know but like do the work do the deep work process take time to think about not just sharing information but like what am i doing with this information that i have what am i doing with this life that i have so see and i love that because it's biggest thing that i talk about is knowledge isn't power it's knowledge Mm -hmm. and action which is wisdom and that in essence is what you're talking about and Mm -hmm. uh yeah, I get a word every year. Last year's was unapologetically bold. Didn't know what to do with it for a while. And look what I have now. Yeah. Um, this year's is inspired humanity and it's past tense. So I'm like, mm. okay, I don't know, but we're going to just keep going with it. Yeah. Um, but it's, those things are so huge. And it actually, it's funny that you said that too. 
I ask my team, and this is something that if any of the listeners, I really want to challenge you on is ask your team, what is their word? Mm -hmm. one, of, one of my people's is worth. Another one is authentic uh, to be authentic. And yeah. so I am challenging them. Anytime I see one of those words, like they, they're, they're arguing with it. They're not feeling like they're being their authentic self or right. they dismiss their abilities. I'm like, ah, what's your worth? Yeah. You know, and putting about them, it, holding them accountable to like, what, why is that important to you right now? Yeah. yeah and, and as leaders, putting them in positions where they can grow that. Mm -hmm. Like I have one, I am stepping back and she's doing an entire presentation where I'm usually the one that's always doing it. I'm like, no, yeah. I know your worth. I know your value. And I know you can do this. I would put you up against anybody. Yeah. But she's like, hi. I'm like, in our, in our, as a team, our goal is to stay in between nausea and excitement <laughs> <laughs> because that's where our growth space is. So yeah. Yeah. I think that for all the listeners, if you don't have a word, get one. Like pick a word, yeah. Pick just pick a word, and it's just it's helping you to focus. Um, I'll tell you the hardest word I think I've ever got was patience, mm. um, and that one that one is one that I really I, I would say I learned to love myself through that because how impatient I was, and going back to even to that entitlement that we talked about earlier, yeah. Being where all that stuff can flow in so easily in on us mm -hmm. um, in our first world problems that we have, which are still oh, problems. Totally. They're still pains. Yeah. But they're they're there. So, yeah. When I focus on humility, I had to really reconcile with being confident and humble. Oh, that was what I struggled with. Right. Because I would have these. And the best part about doing it with the team is that you have people to hold you accountable. So the year that I chose humility as my word, my team lived to say, like, mm, are you being humble right now? How is humility? Like it, constant reminders. Right. Uh, but that was, that was my big growth was trying to understand, like, how can I be confident and humble at the same time? Mm. Um, and so I, I, again, it goes back to like, we're, we're meant to be in community with each other. So sharing that and sharing that growth together, having accountability to be our best self to, as a guiding force, right? Just that, just one word. Every time it comes up, then, you know, put, posting it so you can see it. So you're constantly thinking about if that's what, that, if that's what being my best self means for me this year, right? That's what it means. How am I living that out? What am I learning about myself as a result of that? I think that's super important. I've done that for probably five or six years now. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is, is I've seen this a theme with a top, a lot of uh, top CEOs, they've been doing it for years and they can map out their course, which is so cool. Yeah. And I think, I don't, I feel like this is a habit of a lot of high performers in the aspect of yeah. it's having intentionality mm -hmm. for the year and, and not just, Hey, new year, new you kind of style, but it's, right. it's intentionality throughout the year. So to get back to that loving, well, mm -hmm. what would you say to people that apologize for loving well, that they, they want, like they're bringing in it, it into workplaces that may mm -hmm. still not be acceptable but yeah. they're still they're going to have that that servant and they're hitting roadblocks. I'm thinking specifically of one of my clients. They are one of the most kind, loving humans, and they just keep hitting roadblocks mm. um, with their leadership. Um, what would you say to that person? I think that um, we need to first know why we're why, why we're so fixated on loving someone well, right? Um, Loving well when it's not received well is is always a challenge, right? Because it, again, it can feel like it's really soft. It can feel like you're majoring in the minors. You're caring about stuff that nobody cares about, right? Um, 
but really it's about honoring our humanity and it's honoring mm -hmm. that I see you. And let's be clear in the last year, we need to see a heck of a lot more in our world, right? Um, there are so many people that are hurting and that are now trying to heal because for years and years, we just haven't seen them. Mm -hmm. and so I, I would, I would just send encouragement towards um, understand that it's not always, it's always going to feel like it's fluffy because it makes us vulnerable, right? Mm. When we are loving, well, we are vulnerably putting ourselves out there to be dismissed, to be chastised, to be, you know, thought of like, you're not whatever, you're not the business professional that I thought you were, you're, you're making it too soft or whatever that might be. Um, but ultimately it's, you know, at the end of the night, what am I going to put my head down on the pillow and, and be proud of? And if I can know that I impacted the life of just one person, like perhaps that's my purpose for that day, right? Perhaps my kindness and my generosity and being present in that moment, settings, you know, sitting with someone, asking them a question, um, holding their hand, um, calling them, like whatever that might be, those, those small things might be what was the intention of my purpose for that day. And mm -hmm. I, I would just encourage folks to lean into those moments because those are the moments that create loyalty. Those mm -hmm. are the moments that create people, the desire to want to be there, you know, and, and to, to be in community with you. So I, I hope that's helpful. I mean, I, when we were starting today, I wanted to, I was like, hopefully I say something that somebody needs to hear today. That was my prayer coming in today. So hopefully some of that made sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And I think if, if the biggest takeaway too is I won't understand, I want people to understand the power of community because literally uh, from I'm going to nerd out on my physiology. That's what happens. Oxytocin, loving grandmother. It likes people. That's the yeah. reason that we have to have others. And I was talking to another person the, uh, the other day and he was saying how he just doesn't feel like he's trusting people like he used to. And it's just he's feeling resistant. Yeah. And he, he's like. And, and he knows about oxytocin. I'm like, yeah, it's normal that you're feeling the, the way that you're feeling right now. You have not had human interaction yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And so that has done something to our physiology that makes us less trusting. It makes us more entitled. So we have to be one, aware of it and two, diligent in doing things in community. Like you said, handwritten notes, being mm -hmm. vulnerable, sharing those times yeah. when life has sucked. Yeah. And, and just being open. So I just I love that. And I think it's so important. So whoever's listening, this is game changing advice. <laughs> um, so I guess to finish it out, what would you invite somebody to do? If you could just say one last piece of advice, what would you invite them to do to be able to love well? I would say um, get really clear with how you like to be loved so that when you are not receiving that, you can seek ways to get that, whether it's through your own self-care or whether it's building relationships with people that can provide that to you, whether it's changing relationships so that you can get really, really clear on what does it mean for you to be loved well, and then get really, really clear on how you love others well, right? Just write it down. Write it down. This is what it means for me to feel love. For you know, for me, it's appreciation, it's um, value, it's conversation, it's showing interest in me, it's physical, like hugs. I'm, I'm a huge hugger. Like the thing with COVID has killed me. Like everyone I know, I'm like, when you see me, you better get ready. It's coming. It's gonna be a big old hug. 
um, you know, that, that physical touch is important to me. Um, and so knowing that about myself, I also know that not everyone wants to receive that same kind of thing, but I know that that's what I, that's what I need and that's what I receive. And so then from there, I can understand how I can use the best parts of myself, right? My listening or my, my communication or, um, just, you know, the, the way in which I show up to be present mm -hmm. to somebody that that can love them well. So that would be my advice. Get clear on that. how you love to be loved and how you can love others. And I think uh, one thing that helped me and actually my husband, even before we got married, was doing the love languages. So yeah, you don't love think, languages are great. I love it. It is. He, and of course, we're totally, I'm words of affirmation and he is physical touch. And so it's like, I have to play with his hair, pat him on the back. And I'm just like, okay, where's my words? <laughs> yeah. So, and I, did, did you see that I did that for you? Yeah. <laughs> did you see that I was playing with your hair? Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. So thank you so much, Gretchen, for joining oh. me today. You're such an amazing human being. And I thank am you. so blessed to have had you on and just give your wisdom. Like I said, people from the beginning, wisdom was going to be happening and it did. So <laughs> thank you. And thank you for all that will listen in later. I hope you have an amazing and blessed day. Thanks, Emily. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Unapologetically Bold. I'm not sorry for. If this touched you in any way, please like and subscribe and share with your friends as we continue the message of being unapologetically bold by being hot humans who are humble, open, and transparent. See you next time.